the Scholars in Iron podcast. They say that faith is heard, not seen. Indeed, there is something provocative about the spoken word which can rouse different emotions and thoughts, often simultaneously, or left suspended in the air for the mind to mull over. The human voice is arguably the oldest form of transmitting knowledge, and it was so revered that even Plato bemoaned the introduction of written text as the very end of it. I asked friends and colleagues to record some of their favorite passages in philosophy and literature. The purpose here is not only to expose these thinkers and writers to broader audiences, but to hopefully bring a smile or thought to enrich your day as we all try to make it through the virus. It wasn't for nothing that during the Great Plague in the early 17th century, Isaac Newton completed his work on calculus, shuttered in his house, left alone with his thoughts. He called it his Anus Mirabilis, Latin for the Year of Miracles. It's as fitting a title as any for this series, so enjoy and endure. Liz Harvey is the owner of the Burn Factory, a competitive bodybuilder and an opera singer extraordinaire, who will be reading us a passage by the Belgian philosopher Luce Iregaray, entitled, When Our Lips Speak Together. If we continue to speak the same language to each other, we will reproduce the same story. Begin the same stories all over again. Don't you feel it? Listen, men and women around us all sound the same. Same arguments, same quarrels, same scenes, same attractions and separations, same difficulties, the impossibility of reaching each other. Same. Same. Always the same. If we continue to speak this sameness, if we speak to each other as men have spoken for centuries, as they taught us to speak, we will fail each other. Again, words will pass through our bodies, above our heads, disappear, make us disappear, far, above, absent from ourselves, we become machines that are spoken, machines that speak. Clean skins envelop us, but they are not our own. We have fled into proper names. We have been violated by them. Not yours, not mine. We don't have names. We change them as men exchange us, as they use us. It's frivolous to be so changeable so long as we are a medium of exchange. How can I touch you if you're not there? Your blood is translated into their senses. They can speak to each other and about us. But us? Get out of their language. Go back through all the names they gave you. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for myself. Come back. It's not so hard. Stay right here. 
and you won't be absorbed into the old scenarios. The redundant phrases, the familiar gestures, bodies already encoded in a system. Try to be attentive to yourself, to me. Don't be distracted by norms or habits. Now, normally or habitually, I love you is said to an enigma, an other, an other body, an other sex. I love you, but I don't quite know who or what. I love slips away. It is swallowed up, drowns, burns, disappears into nothingness. We must wait for the return of I love. Perhaps for a long time. Perhaps forever. What has become of I love? What has become of me? I love lies in wait for the other. Has he swallowed me? Spat me out? Taken me or left me? Shut me up or thrown me out? How is he now? No longer part of me? When he tells me I love you, does he give me back myself? Or does he give himself this form? His, mine, the same, another? But then what have I become? When you say I love you, right here, close to me, to you. You also say I love myself. Neither you nor I need wait for anything to be returned. I owe you nothing. You owe me nothing. This I love you is neither a gift nor a debt. You don't give me anything when you touch yourself. When you touch me, you touch yourself through me. You don't give yourself. What could I do with these selves, yours, mine, wrapped up like a gift? You keep both of us as much as you open us up. We find ourselves as we entrust ourselves to each other. This currency of alternatives and oppositions, choices and negotiations has no value for us unless we remain in their order and reenact their system of commerce, where we has no place. I love you, body shared, undivided, neither you nor I severed. There is no need for blood split between us, no need for a wound to remind us that blood exists. It flows within us from us. It is familiar, close. You are quite red and still so white, both at once. You don't lose your candor as you become ardent. You are pure because you have stayed close to the blood, because we are both white and red. We give birth to all the colors, pinks, browns, blondes, greens, blues. For this whiteness is no shame. It is neither dead blood nor black blood. Shame is black. It absorbs everything, closes up 
and tries to come alive, but in vain. The whiteness of this red appropriates nothing. It gives back as much as it receives in luminous mutuality. We are luminous, beyond one or two. I never knew how to count up to you. In their calculations, we count as two. Really? Two? Doesn't that make you laugh? A strange kind of two, which isn't one, especially not one. Let them have oneness with its prerogatives, its domination, its solipsisms, like the sun. Let them have their strange image only. Let them have their strange division by couples in which the other is the image of the one, but an image only. For them, being drawn to the other means a move toward one's mirage, a mirror that is barely alive. Glacial, mute, the mirror is all the more faithful. Our vital energies are spent in the wearisome labor of doubling and miming. We have been destined to reproduce that sameness in which, for centuries, we have been the other. But how can I say I love you differently? I love you, my indifferent one? That would mean containing ourselves within their language. They have left us only absences, defects, negatives to name ourselves. We should be. It's already saying too much. Indifferent. Detached. Indifferent one. Keep still. If you move, you disturb their order. You cause everything to fall apart. You break the circle of their habits, the circularity of their exchanges, their knowledge, their desire, their world. Indifferent one, you must not move or be moved unless they call you. If they say come, then you may go forward ever so slightly measure your steps according to their need or lack of need for their own image one or two steps no more without exuberance or turbulence otherwise you will smash everything their mirror their earth their mother and what about your life you must pretend to receive it from them you are only a small, insignificant receptacle, subject to their power alone. <laughs>